This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, nothing says happy holidays and Merry Christmas louder than dueling lawsuits. And that's what we got today as Florida State said happy holidays to the ACC and the ACC said Merry Christmas back to Florida State, each one suing the other. Actually, the ACC filed their lawsuit yesterday. Florida State filed their lawsuit today after their Board of Trustees meeting. So ho, ho, ho for the ACC. Is this a precursor, seriously, to the end of the ACC? Is the ACC going to go the way of the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8, pack up and leave? Because, um, boy, some of the details that came out, the allegations, details, made by the lawyers representing Florida State and sharing this information around the world because they streamed it on YouTube, but directly to their board of trustees. It's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I think one thing that made the ACC look very, very small, and I don't understand, we'll need lawyers to help us out here, uh, why the documents, the um, documents that tie the teams to the uh, to the ACC, why the the schools, the ADs, their attorneys, can't have a physical copy of that. Apparently, according to the lawyers from Florida State who laid this out for their board of trustees today, not only can you not have a hard copy, you have to be supervised when you go into the office. It's sort of like the Declaration of Independence, the original copy, I guess. You can't put your hands on it. You can't make a copy. You can't take it with you. And you're supervised. You're watched when you go into the room to look over the many, many pages that make up that document. That's one thing. The other thing is that came out of all this today, and there are a lot of things. I mean, way, way too deep and too complicated to go over in a short amount of time here because we don't want to dwell on it all night. Then again, it might be the big important story of today and many days to come. But the other thing is that the... The stated date, of course, was 2036 for when the contract was to expire. But apparently, according to the information today from the Florida State Attorneys, 2027, the ESPN contract with the ACC right now is through 2027. The extension through 2036 has not been has not been exercised, I guess is the right way, signed, whatever. In other words, they were saying as part of their argument for wanting to get out of the uh, ACC, they don't have any guarantees after 2027 that ESPN is going to be funneling up all this money. And, of course, they also pointed out that to get out of the ACC, to get out of the contract, 
the price would be $572 million as it stands today. $572 million, which they argue is absurd. And that's part of their argument in the lawsuit. Again, you know, I didn't go to law school long enough to figure this out. I only took the LSAT. So I guess I was a, I was a potential lawyer for about four hours. And then after getting my score back and having the score laugh at me uh, when, it, when I got it back, I realized I wasn't going to make it in the legal profession. So it's a deep and complicated uh, story from the standpoint of all the legalese involved. But the bottom line is you know, Florida State you know, threw down their spear today uh, right in the heart of the Queen City where, uh, Flor- where the ACC officers are now located. And uh, they're saying uh, we're going to sue. We are suing. They have filed suit down in uh, Tallahassee. The ACC has countersued there in North Carolina. And, of course, they want any suit, any legal action to be heard in the state of North Carolina because that's where they are uh, located and that's where the documents were authorized. So we'll see where this all goes. And what does it mean for Clemson? And what does it mean for North Carolina? It was Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina who were the three programs to vote against ACC expansion, voted against bringing in Stanford, Cal, and SMU. So, but here's the other question that needs to be answered. First and foremost, where are you going to go? You certainly don't want to become an independent. And do you have an invite to the Big Ten should you break free of the ACC? Do you have an invite to the Big 12? Uh, Where would you go? Uh, The SEC apparently seems pretty well set with their 16 right now. So... That is the other question hanging over all of this. You might get your freedom, but where are you going to go? Independent status, I just can't see that happening. I don't think in the case of a Florida State and certainly not a Clemson, you got to have a major television contractor. What's the use? You're not going to make that money back that you're walking away from, even if it's not enough that you think you're not getting enough from the ACC. I mean, the ACC in their new expanded contract with their new expanded league is talking about paying in the neighborhood of well, about, what, $35, $40 million per team, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, can you get that on your own if you're Clemson for a football network or if you're Florida State if you're a football, uh, for a football network? I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. But uh, we'll see what happens here. It's uh, certainly going to be an uh, interesting time here over the next um, – Uh, Well, it might not even be something resolved in the next year. We might be talking about this in 2025 and beyond because it doesn't seem like this process is going to be expedited in any way. So that is some of the big stuff on this uh, Friday going into the holidays. So welcome in. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. If you're headed out and about for your holiday travel, please be safe. And please have a great weekend and enjoy your holidays with your family and your friends. And I hope you uh, you eat a lot. I hope you get fat. And I hope you uh, get the gifts that you're that you're looking for. I hope you come back looking like Tiger Bryant. That means you've eaten well. If you come back looking like T- Tiger Bryant. Now, I've never really seen a picture of Tiger Bryant. I'm just going off what I imagine Tiger Bryant looking like. And it ain't Burt Reynolds-like. Okay? So... I want you to come back kind of looking like Tiger Bryan, which means you you ate well and you had a good time 
over the holiday. Uh, we got basketball going on, South Carolina and Elon and Clemson and Queens. A couple of uh, games that just have gotten underway at their respective arenas, Colonial Life Arena, Little John Coliseum. We'll keep you up to date on those games and, and other games. We've got um, got a college bowl game tonight. It's, uh, it's Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech playing. Who's Georgia Tech playing? you remember? Georgia Tech's playing somebody. I remember looking at it as I was um, starting to put together our pick-ems for the, for the bowl season. Georgia Tech's playing tonight. Uh, we'll check on that in just a little bit. So with all that said, tonight we're wide open for your phone calls, along with some recruiting, and George Bryan the third, birdies, bogeys, and biceps around South Carolina at 730. So we are here on this Friday night going into the holiday weekend here for you. We are here to serve you. If you're tired of shopping, if you're tired of, and I say this with with deep love and affection for all family members, please understand where I'm coming from. But if you're tired of family for a few minutes, you know, you want to get away and do something for yourself, well, give us a call. 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. And uh, we can get you in without too much of a delay. In fact, why don't we go ahead and jump to the phone calls and hear what's out there, and we'll catch up on some other things in a little bit. We've got plenty to talk about. So, uh, Pat, as soon as you can uh, get me lined up here on the phones, we'll go ahead and jump to the lines. We're going to jump over to Swansea to visit with Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry over in Swansea. Well, that's great, but I thought we'd already told him Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays, and see you next year. Hello, Gamecock Larry. Welcome in. I knew you didn't want me to call Mr. Phil, but no, I, I decided no, no, no. I knew yeah, but I decided to call anyway. But what I want to do is I want to wish all my family, my friends, my support group, 100.7, Mr. Phil, Pat, Chris, and all, um, Merry Christmas and if you're here next week, I'm gonna call you. Mm. So I ain't gonna let you. I ain't gonna let. I ain't gonna miss you. But I got one thing to say. If you will give me uh, just a few minutes, I gotta talk slow. But uh, I've been talking to the other. I probably told you guys about the Clark brothers, Dad Grayson, and. Motocross uh, races. Yeah. I might have told you about that. I don't know. But guess what they done today? I was sitting here in my chair, had my feet popped up higher than my head. That's what the doctor told me. And got them old, old, I got them old support hose on. And guess what? Jimmy and C.W. Clark. Uh, that's the daddies of the young men that did the racing, knocked on my door, and they had me a uh, a platter of homemade sweets and a big ribbon on top from their mom, Mrs. Clark. And I'll tell you what, it made my day. I don't, I never, I didn't know these guys. I've never met them. 
But I seen them. They come to my house this morning, and it made me feel good. And I'm glad I'm and also 100.7. I seem like I've known you all my life. Well, I know I've been knowing Mr. Field quite mm. a while. Yes, sir. He just didn't know it. He just didn't know it. I've been hiding in the scenes. Mm. I remember when he, he he ain't always been a. Uh, uh, well, I ain't gonna talk about him because that's good. I love Mister. I, I, I love Mister. Phil, but all all gators, dogs, tide, vols, uh, wildcats, tigers, all of the gamecocks have a merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you next week if I'm. If, if I'm able. But the good Lord been good to me. He kept me for another year. And I appreciate 100.7 for giving the old man a little bit of time to talk. I know I've talked crazy all while. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you all will listen to me and let me enjoy and have a good feeling when I hang up. But I love y'all. Have a Merry Christmas. All right. And we appreciate you, Larry. Okay. All right, Larry. Thank you. We appreciate you. You have a Merry Christmas. You always have a place here on Sports Talk. You know that. And always good hearing from you. All right, quick update uh, over at, uh, let's go to Little John. Little John Clemson's up 23-13 on Queens at the under-12 timeout. And the Tigers shooting 63%. Holding the Queenies to 26%, and the Tigers have Hall with six, and Godfrey with six, and Gerard with five. So, good shooting start for Clemson. Mostly, looks like uh, probably in the paint. Uh, they've, they've only made one three, uh, and they got 16 points in the paint. So, as you might expect, killing them inside. Meantime, over at uh, CLA, Gamecocks 11, Elon 9. 11.35 to go in the first half of play. Gamecocks are shooting 33%. Elon is shooting 27%. And Cooper leads the Gamecocks with five. No Michi Johnson tonight. He is out, apparently with an injury. And uh, Zachary Davis has three for the Gamecocks. Uh, neither team shooting well. Five of 13 for the Gamecocks. Four of 15 for Elon now known as the Phoenix, used to be, they used to have one of the great nicknames in sports, Pat. you remember what it was? I'll test you here. Elon, their former nickname before they became the Phoenix. Do you know what their nickname was? I do not. All I know them as is the Phoenix. Yeah. They were the Fighting Christians. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. The Elon Fighting Christians. But they did away with that, and now they are the Phoenix, and they are trailing 13 to 12. Uh, Back to the phones. 888-898-2525. 888-898-2525. Where are we going next? So might catch you off guard here, Andy. I did not actually pick up the phone and chat with him yet. Sorry, I had my hands full. But we are staying right here in the Midlands and visiting with Andy. So Andy in Columbia, welcome into the program tonight. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hello, fellas, and Merry Christmas to all the ones who celebrate the holiday. Yes, sir. No, number two, shout out to my man Gamecock Larry. I just got depressed. 
he was talking about his compression socks. Guess what Andy just got put into this week? <laughs> <laughs> that tells us a lot right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Andy, now, look at all the best athletes in the world, though. They all wear those every single ball game. So don't feel bad about yourself. The best, most athletic people, in-shape people on the planet wear compression socks. Oh, yeah, thanks for the <laughs> thanks for the uh, gun ho uh, go for it uh, compression socks. Nothing like compression socks and shorts and sandals. Mm, that's not a good look. Th- that's the look of looks. Mm. Uh, not that I wear them, so don't worry about that. Yeah, I told my doctor these things won't be on if I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> so don't ever worry about that. But something I want to catch up on from last night and then something I want to talk about that you talked about earlier. Mr. Hank talking about the men's team having an issue because of exam week and not playing for the week of exams. Well, explain this to me. Didn't the women have their exam week the same week? Did they not win that day by 70 points? They did. So, they did. So what's exams have to do with a uh, with anything? No, you're right. I mean, they <laughs> had practice. It's not like they didn't practice the entire week. They practiced the entire week, and they weren't playing a very tough opponent. Just like tonight, they are uh, once again in a battle with a Drug team work. that is uh, uh, what six and five coming in. They're they're fifteen up fifteen fourteen, and there's two of eight from three, and they're shooting forty percent. So. Again, they might Are win you this game. It any, Phil? No, I have not watched it because we've been. So you you didn't see Studi's first two three pointers that were air balls, huh? I did not that, see his I, first two air balls that were three I, attempts. I'm, I'm a little disappointed so far in his performance because I don't think that he's everything that everybody made him out to be. But maybe I'm wrong and well, just haven't seen. It he yet. was very good at Vanderbilt. Uh, you can't hide from that. He was very good at Vanderbilt. He's supposed to be an excellent outside shooter. He has been in a bit of a slump, but I think team-wise they've been in a slump. I, as I said earlier this week, uh, they are only, from their last two games, they were only 6 of 41 uh, for three-point shooting. Six for their last 41, and now tonight they've hit two of eight, so that means they're eight for their last 49 from beyond the arc. 15 points in the first 11 and a half minutes. Yeah, it's 15, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against a team like Elon. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, it doesn't seem like they're in, you know, getting ready for conference play coming up. They're not hitting their peak. Well, but, I mean, look, Elon is 265 in the net, okay? So that t- kind of tells you where they are at this point in the season. Uh-huh. They're 4-5 and five well, against Division hope- One teams, but they're 265 in the net. And the Gamecocks should be mopping these opponents up if they're going to be thinking about uh, – now, listen, I've seen teams who kind of lollygag in, in December. They kind of slop it around, may even lose some of these games, and then they flip a switch when they get to January and February. They take off in league play. So maybe this team's going to do that. Or maybe they just play up to the um, talent of their competition. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, maybe that could be a step problem there too. Yeah, maybe they'll so step we'll it up. we'll see what happens. Now, another thing I want to throw at you, this Florida State thing. Yeah. Well, there's two teams. One's called Oregon State. The other's called Washington State. I believe they need to get five more teams into the Pac-12 to make the Pac-12 
an actual conference within two years. They have next year, and then the next year after that, they have to have seven teams or the Pac-12 will no longer be the Pac-12. There won't be any Pac-12. So maybe Florida State wants to do a Pac-12. Well, I think they've already – I mean, the Pac-12 is dead. It's gone. No, it's not. There was a – it just went through well, this I, week. I mean, I know that uh, – I know Washington, that Washington State and Oregon State took a court action that right. they're and trying they to seize have, all the they money. Control, yeah. They have control of the Pac-12 now. Mm-hmm. And what I read is that the NCAA gives you a, a, a year after people, teams have transferred out. You have to have seven teams – in your conference that play men's basketball and women's basketball and I believe 10 other sports, it doesn't have to be football, okay? You can have one year off from that seven, which will be this year coming up after the 24, you know, the 24-25 year. Mm -hmm. So the 25-26 year, they're going to have to have, I believe, five more teams join the conference or the Pac-12 will no longer exist. It still exists now, but not actually as a as a playing conference, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's right. Earlier today, it was also announced that uh, Oregon State and Washington State are joining the West the the West Coast Conference as affiliate members for, I believe, twelve different sports. Most of which, if not all, are Olympic sports. But that's only going to be for two years, and that goes into into effect next year. The that was announced, I think, just a, just a couple hours ago. That will include also men's and women's basketball, women's soccer, uh, volleyball, men's and women's golf, women's cross country, and women's grow. Uh, sorry, rowing. Oregon State will also participate in the WCC in men's soccer and softball. Washington State will compete in, in women's tennis and men's cross country. And the goal there is to buy them. At least it seems like I don't think they've actually announced this, but it seems as though they're just trying to buy themselves time to kind of figure out what their what their next move is. But at least for now. They do have a. They do have opponents. Yeah, that's the two-year window. Right. So what they're going to hope to do is steal from the WAC and from the um, Mountain West. That's right. I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. And in football, and they've build, announced that. Yeah, try for to next build year. the conference from there. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a place Florida State can land if they're looking for. Uh, listen, locations, geography—they don't matter anymore. You know, uh, that's in, what in the say. current Who state. About geography. But I think this is all going to change. I really believe that eventually and maybe not too many years down the road when these bigger schools that want to have, want to just pay the players outright and just have a, a professional relationship, a pure professional deal going, they'll reorganize and they'll put the teams back into a geographical sense and they'll name it that way. They'll have the SEC division, they'll have the ACC division, they'll have the PAC whatever division um, and so on and so forth. And, They'll they'll play like that. They'll they'll and you'll see a lot more. Um, you'll see a lot more intra intra well a lot more national games. We've seen more and more of that, but I think you'll see more uh, SEC teams playing teams from the West Coast and uh, but not as league games. Um, but then you'll have a playoff situation where you're going to have your league champions automatically advance to a playoff situation. I'm hoping we'll get to the point like the NFL does where you don't have any so-called uh, selections of playoff teams. You can come up with a system where um, it's all about finishing in, a, in in the top eight or top ten, whatever, 
without having a committee, and there'd be no question about like does anybody question who makes the NFL playoffs? You know, you win well, your you win your division, what? and you're a uh, and then you're a wild card team. There's not an NFL selection committee that says, well, I think this team's better than that team, so I'm picking them. So I'd like to I'd hope and like to think that college football is going to get to that. You want a structured one loss standings yes. type of playoff, yes. not a not a um, subjective type of playoff that's decided by twelve bozos in a room. Well, doesn't everybody that, really uh, want that? I mean, really, isn't that what everybody wants? Yeah, exactly. You or, want to, you or, or 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 the flip of that is how good has controversy and conversation been for college football over the last hundred years? The fact that you do have um, situations where deserving teams get left out because of polls and because of opinions, and it just drives the conversation, which keeps college football, you know, first and the forefront in the minds of sports fans around the year. Hey, we got to run to a break. Happy holidays to you. Be right back. I see we're on uh, we're in the holiday spirit on our stream now. Very nice touch. Very nice. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. We welcome you listening to us over one of our great affiliates around the state or if you're catching us on the Chief Sports app or one of our other streams on X on YouTube on our website, sportstalksc.com. Glad to have you each and every way you're getting to us. Now, we'll do recruiting in a little bit, but this big national story breaking just a couple of minutes ago, and it is that Jordan Seaton, the big offensive lineman who at one time had the South Carolina on his short list. He's out of IMG. That's where he went to school. He is from, I want to say he's from Maryland, I think. And he signed with Colorado this afternoon. He signed his NLI now. Wow. He most recently, the national analysts with their crystal balls and their RPMs were pegging him towards Maryland. And now he turns around and he signs with Colorado. He's a big guy, thought to be maybe the best offensive lineman in the country. We'll we'll see about that. But, yeah, like here is on December 20th, uh, 24-7 sports, a crystal ball has been submitted to Maryland for Jordan Seaton. Crack. Crack, crack, crack. So what I want to mention here, too, is today, apparently, Deion Sanders, coach at Colorado, I uh, can find the story here on X, formerly known as Twitter, was down to see Jordan Seaton. In Miami, if I read this story correct, which I guess that's legal. I thought we were in a dead period, but see if I can find this story exactly as it is on X here. And there's video. Here's video of Jordan Seaton in a car with somebody else who I don't recognize, and 
Let's see here. Sign with Colorado. Sign with Colorado. Apparently, Dion was on with Stephen A. Smith today. Maybe hinted about signing with uh, signing the kid. And just trying to find this this piece of video in this post that they were together in Miami today. Oh well, I'll look forward to here and find it in just a moment. But anyway, that's big news for Colorado getting a big-time prospect in Jordan Seaton after uh, it appeared he was going that way, then he didn't sign. Then, then of course, there were predictions he was going to go to um, – going to go to uh, Maryland. Okay, here it is. Oh, he was with Deion Sanders Jr. Yeah, I thought it was a dead period, so – and I know Deion wouldn't be that stupid to be out recruiting somebody during a dead period – uh, the video is with Jordan Seaton, and he flew to Miami this morning and was with Deion Sanders Jr. earlier today. So all is cool there. Uh, this was retweeted by Adam Friedman of Rivals. So big pickup for the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, they have totally rebuilt their offensive line through the portal and with this kid. So and we'll see where they go with that. But getting offensive linemen, something that they felt like they had to do, and they went out and got it done. All right, back to the phones. Triple Real A. quick, uh, uh-huh. just to, to, to cap off this story, too, that's a huge get for Sanders in Colorado because, you know, a lot of folks around the country were starting to really question Colorado and they were and Deion, Deion's recruiting and starting to wonder whether maybe they lost a little bit of their shine after the way this, this past season finished. And, what I mean by that is only five players had actually, or five prospects had signed their letters of intent, and then Jordan Seaton now makes now makes six if he has in fact signed. However, Deion Sanders has gotten sixteen players through the transfer portal, so once again uh, relying very very heavily on the portal, but not very many guys out of high school. So mm-hmm. to the point that yeah. that you make, and I don't think it's too, I don't think it's, I think it's too soon for us to really say for sure one way or the other whether you can successfully build a program only through the portal. But you got to think right now if if he's only got six guys coming in at a high school, is this going to be the way he takes it every year at Colorado? Is this just going to be a very older team, a very like upperclassman led team virtually every year? Yeah, I mean it's the quick it's the quick fix, it's the quick rebuild, and that's the way he's going to go about it. And I think he'll continue to um, to operate in that manner. Plus, you know, he's dealing with an older when he when you recruit the portal, John. Uh, when you're dealing with a transfer, you're typically d- dealing with an older guy. And the recruiting is totally different because these guys, you don't have to um, – they're not interested, as a coach once told me, they're not interested in facilities and they're not interested in how shiny your weight room is and they're not interested in how nice the dorm is. They've been through all that in recruiting. What they're looking for – well, now two things. What they're looking for is an opportunity to play – and now, of course, we're talking about they're looking for the bag as well, which is in, with the with the transfer guys. I would imagine with the transfer guys, that's a bigger element than it is maybe with just your run-of-the-mill high school kid. You know, your run-of-the-mill high school kid, most of them are still just excited to have a scholarship offer, to be recruited, to have official visits paid for. Now, obviously, you've got a certain level of high school prospect, the most coveted ones, where the bag is certainly a part of the deal. But uh, I think with most of these transfer guys, um, especially if you're moving up and you've got 
SEC programs, ACC programs, the bigger programs coming at you, and you got multiple that the money side of that certainly has to come into play. Quick update on the basketball. It's uh, South Carolina leading Elon 28-18, under two minutes to go in the half. The Gamecocks on a 9-0 run, 13-2 run over the last 6-25. And Clemson 51-31 over Queens. And the Tigers on a 10-0 run. Uh, some other basketball real quick. Uh, coming up, you got Winthrop down at Florida State. Well, that's a good time to be playing basketball at Florida State, isn't it? Alabama State's at Auburn, Marist at Notre Dame, Houston Christian at Texas A&M, Missouri and Illinois play tonight, Georgia Tech plays Hawaii, and South Carolina State beat Bruton Parker 101-84, Georgia beat North Florida 78-60, Florida beat Grambling 96-57. All right, there you go. And you got something else? Just one more quick note about Colorado Reading between the lines here a little bit, it looks like they've got a quote-unquote breaking story out of Colorado about a center from IMG Academy, Cash Cleveland, who committed to Colorado this afternoon. You may not recognize that name, according to 247, and I don't mean this anything bad against the kid. He's a good enough player. To, he had college offers, but was rated as a zero-star player, did not have major offers, but he played alongside and apparently very close friends with the other young man who had not yet quite signed, uh, Um, Jordan Jordan Seton. Mm -hmm. So you can't help but wonder, again, this is just conjecture, but can't help but wonder if maybe Seton was like, hey, I haven't signed yet, bring my guy with me. He is signed, uh, Cash Cleveland, that is, as a preferred walk-on with Colorado. Well, there you go. There you go. Preferred walk-ons don't cost you anything. There you go. Unless you want to give them a little something. How do you like that investigative journalism right there for you? That's good stuff. (laughs) It's impressive. Let's go to Hank. Hank in Columbia, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Good to have you with us. Hey, Corn, I'm calling to defend myself a little bit here, and I hope I can get this out without. I think my my point last night got skewed because you you overtalked me so quick. I I didn't say that South Carolina's men were going to be world beaters. I'm just saying. There's two questions. Where were South Carolina men picked to finish in the SEC this year? Dead, positively at the bottom of the barrel last. Exactly. And then number two, last year, how many games did South Carolina win? If my memory is correct, I believe the total victory for the Gamecocks last season would be 10. Okay. So what I was trying to say is the team – may not be as bad as it was, which ain't hard to do from last year. Yep. And considering what the what the prognosticators picked, because it, cause before the year, I don't think any of them would have picked South Carolina to beat Virginia Tech or Notre Dame, no matter how good those, or before those teams were purported to be. Because they, they couldn't beat none of the teams that they're playing now. South Carolina couldn't beat none of them last year. They won 11 last year, by the way. Yeah, but they didn't beat any of these teams. I think Pat went over it after I got off last yeah. night. Yeah, they lost to Colorado State. About, they lost to Davidson, lost to Furman, lost to George Washington, UAB, East Carolina. I mean, they had some some pretty bad losses last year. They're brutal, brutal losses. And nope, so nope, all, nope. I was, all, nope, nope. <laughs> all I was saying mm-hmm. was that – all I was saying is that, yeah, they're going to squeak out some. And what I meant for, for Andy – Coming out of the break, 
coming out of the exam break is a lot of times, just as you said earlier tonight, you see some of these close games with upper division teams or even upsets because they're rusty. Now, you can't compare that team in, in any manner to anybody that South Carolina women's team would play coming out the break because when 85 to 90% of your roster are McDonald's All-Americans, it doesn't matter how rusty you are. You're going to play well. Mm-hmm. I just said that some of, the, some of these games, is, you know, the shooting may be off and it may stay off. Like I agree with Pat. It may stay off, but we've seen these guys shoot before. But I'm saying when you come out of, when you come out of exams, a lot of teams are rusty. And looking at some of the teams in the lower part of the SEC, we've got teams in the SEC that have lost to Grambling, lost to Southern, I mean, we've got some teams that have had some bad losses. Not a not a four point loss to Clemson, but some bad losses. Um, if you just go through and look at some of them, so I'm just saying that they may be better than that last place. And if there's progress, then we just got to wait and see. You're right. Wait and see. I'm just I'm just saying. All I was saying is they're going to have a nice shiny record. They're up thirty twenty at half. But against Elon, but right now they are shooting 39%. They are 2 of 13 from 3. So they continue in a prolonged shooting slump from downtown. And they got to get that fixed. Now they're playing without Michi Johnson tonight. I'll grant you that. But they still have to, yeah, as a team. <laughs> I beg your pardon? And I agree with you. Yeah. I said to uh, Michi, some nights could be 26 to 30 points for you. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that they have to play better. That's how I was saying. I agree. I agree with that. I was just saying that as poor as the team was last year, and as poorly as the press predicted them this year, even the gut out these little small wins, they're still accomplishing things they couldn't accomplish in their wildest dreams last year. Well, they're a better team than they were last year. But I mean, last year was <laughs> a team that was thrown together around a high school sensation, and while he had his moments of playing well and his overall numbers weren't bad that just didn't work just like it didn't work for Ant Edwards at Georgia I mean you had the greatest player in the country on your team at Georgia and they didn't win 10 games that year as I recall and now look at him he's like the one of the early sensations of the, the NBA this the year NBA, yeah. I mean, the NBA, yeah so and and apparently uh Gigi Jackson's starting to uh find his way in the NBA so these guys yeah. are individually great players but they did not make for good teams they didn't even make for they didn't make for bad teams. They made for awful teams. I mean, they, <laughs> they were. those teams were not good at all. And um, well, listen, we got to run. Happy holidays, and appreciate you calling. Yeah, thanks, Hank. We'll talk to you soon. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. At the half, the Gamecocks are up thirty twenty on the Phoenix. Gamecocks at thirty nine percent, but they're holding Elon at twenty seven. So, one thing they have been consistent about is their defense, and you know, defense. Defense travels, and defense shows up every night if you want to be a good defensive team. And they've been good, so maybe that will help them. Uh, leading the Gamecocks right now is Cooper. No, I'm sorry, is right with eight, and Cooper has seven. But the Gamecocks only two of 13 behind the arc. As for Clemson, the Tigers put 69 points on the board in the first half against Queens. Uh, 69-36. Clemson on top. The Tigers, 71% shooting. 
And I would like to see their shot chart because they've got 38 points in the paint. They've got but only three offensive rebounds. So, obviously, they're putting the ball on the on the floor and they're putting their heads down and they're driving to the bucket. They've only taken nine threes. They've hit six of those. Um, so, when you, when you shoot that kind of percentage, there's not a lot of rebounds either. So, I was looking at offensive rebounds. They only have three, but they've only missed 11 shots. So, yeah. there's not a lot of offensive rebounds to go get. No, and, and Corn, just to just to talk a little bit more about the Gamecocks, remember going back again to Lamont Paris's opening press conference, he talked to us about his style emphasizes defense, and he expected the players to pick up the offensive philosophy he had a lot quicker than defense. He thought it might even take a couple of years to really get players once on campus to fully understand and embrace his system. And he learned a lot of that under Bo Ryan at Wisconsin in those days. And Bo Ryan's staff, I mean, excuse me, his teams were very similar. They were defensive-oriented. They And when you have defensive-oriented teams, and then look at Tony Bennett over at, uh, at Virginia as well, that minimizes possessions, not only for your opponent, but also for yourself. It's especially effective against high-scoring offenses because you minimize the the chances the other teams have to uh, to score against you. But with that, it also minimizes the amount of chances you have to score. And so if, if you have a poor shooting team, like you're pointing out this year, you might have some pretty rough nights. Mm-hmm. And you might have a lot of games that finish in the 50s or 60s And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we're going to start seeing once we're in SEC play from this squad. And maybe that's what you could expect from Paris moving forward. I don't know. I think that'd be a great question to ask him. Might do that after the next game. But, like, what is in his mind, what is a perfect final score for him? Would it be in the 50s, the 60s, or the 80s, or the 90s? I don't know. But the point, again, here is if you only have X, like, much lower uh, possessions per game and you're not shooting at a high clip, you're going to have some pretty rough nights. Well, they open up SEC play. In early January, their first game is at home against Mississippi State. Mississippi State is 40th in the net right now. They do have uh, an ugly loss not too long ago. They had an ugly loss at home to Southern. Southern 3-7, and seven, and they won 60-59. to 59. Obviously, they called Mississippi State on a night they weren't paying attention. And prior to that, they lost to Georgia Tech in the SEC-ACC Challenge. That was in Atlanta lost that game by eight. Otherwise, they've won everything. They just beat Tulane. Um, Well, they beat Tulane, they beat Murray State, and they beat North Texas in their last three games. And they will be playing Rutgers tomorrow at noon. So um, the Gamecocks will get a challenge right out of the gate with Mississippi State. Then it's Alabama after that. I mean, then you're off and running. Nowhere to hide in the SEC. Then they go to Missouri, back-to-back road games. Uh, Georgia's playing better. You get them at home. Then you go to Arkansas. Never fun. Then you get Kentucky and Missouri again before going to Tennessee. And that's January. So 500 in the conference would be a win this year. Yeah, yeah. But um, can they get to that? That's the question. Be back. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at secattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. 
Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different, it's engaging, but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Yeah, I've been on that highway before, east of Omaha, heading out to the College World Series. That would be uh, probably, he's talking about I-70. That would be, uh, no, it would be I-80. I-80, east of Omaha, runs through Omaha, goes to Lincoln, I-80. So, yeah, he's talking about I-80 there. So there used to be a video game when I was a kid growing up on Nintendo 64 or in arcades, and it was called Cruising USA. It was a racing game, and you would drive through different highways around America, mm. one of which was maybe that same highway. And I just remember going through that Nebraska level. It was the one everybody hated because you just drove, and it was just cornfields on either side, and nonstop these bugs would squish on the windshield and mm. it would make it hard to see. Mm. I've always wondered, was that? Did, did you experience that out there? A lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. <laughs> Especially if you're driving at night, a lot of cornfields. In fact, uh, one of the last times I went to the College World Series when we had a team out there, flew into Kansas City, and then you take uh, I-29, I think it is, I-29 uh, north, and Anyway, they had, because of flooding, they had the interstate closed, and you had to take country roads up into Iowa and saw all the cornfields, and also they had the wind-generated electrical grid out there. So you you saw the big turbines. They had these turbine farms, you know, 
Very impressive looking. Very impressive looking uh, to drive by, to drive close by. I'm talking about close by. Oh wow! And um, and you know you sort of make a the 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 route took you through this part of Iowa and several turns, and you get back on the interstate where the flooding uh, had cleared. So anyway, uh, that was that was my little little sojourn into this, the great state of Iowa. Uh, all right, uh, phone number triple eight eight nine eight. 2525 South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number here on Sports Talk. I want to remind you that if you are starting to think about your vacation plans for this coming spring and summer, I was talking to Jimmy Smith just the other day, just catching up, just catching up with the young man. And man, he said the property is just flying. It's just flying out of his office. And you need to give Jimmy a call if you're thinking about a place to buy along the coast or a place to rent for a vacation time. And Jimmy or a member of the staff will be happy to work with you. They do a great job, as you well know. And his phone number is 843-237-4246. That's 843-237-4246, pauliesvacationrentals.com on your uh, on your computer. You can look it up there and check out uh, various properties and, and uh, start to get some information that way. So, you let them make your, uh, your your trip to the beach a perfect getaway. One way to do it is called Jimmy Smith. James Smith Real Estate, PauliesVacationRentals.com, 843-237-4246. And the uh, bowl game tonight is Georgia Tech and uh, UCF. And uh, see if we can get a quick update on what's happening in that one. Got a lot of bowl games coming up tomorrow, that's for sure. And in this one, see if we got anything to report yet. If I can get a score up here. Come on, come on, give me the give me a look. It's UCF up on tech, seven nothing. It'll be right back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome back into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. And we hope you're having a great Friday and you're looking forward to a great holiday. A reminder, no Sports Talk a rare night off, no sports talk on a Monday night. Of course, we weren't on on Thanksgiving night either, so maybe it's not all that rare. And we won't be on on uh, New Year's Day night either, so maybe it's not that rare. Maybe we're just getting we're just getting lazy around here. But we're going to be off Monday. We're going to be off New Year's. But then we crack the whip, and we fly through twenty twenty four. You know. You know, before you know it, we'll be talking about the 2024 football season and getting ready for Clemson and Georgia. How about that? Clemson and Georgia, that will be maybe maybe the biggest game of the opening weekend in Atlanta. Of course, South Carolina playing Old Dominion. Not sure about what else is out there nationally. But Clemson, Georgia, Carson Beck, back at quarterback. And here you go. I mean, right off the bat, now it's going to be a little different with the 12-team playoff. So the loser of this game, obviously, is not going to be eliminated from playoff consideration. 
Um, and they may not have been either if we were still with four teams. But now going to 12 teams, certainly they're not going to be eliminated because they can go win their league championship and uh, et cetera, et cetera, as far as getting into the into the playoffs. So um, it's still going to be a big game. And I think you're going to have Clemson trying to come out and reestablish itself as a national power. And what better way to do that than to beat Georgia uh, in Atlanta, okay, and kind of reestablish your turf. And Georgia, of course, I'm sure Georgia believes that they should be in the national championship game this time around. Um, And as a matter of fact, I was looking at the odds for the football games, for the for the bowl games, I was looking at some odds uh, today. I was preparing our sheets for our pick'em contest, and I was thinking about this. So let me pull this up real quick. So Florida State, with their situation at quarterback, uh, Florida State in their bowl game uh, playing Georgia. As a matter of fact, Florida State's playing Georgia, and Georgia's a fourteen and a half point favorite. Now, what does that tell you the oddsmakers think about Florida State without their quarterback? That is, had had the committee put Florida State in as one of the top four, if they're a 14-and-a-half-point underdog to Georgia, what would they have been, let's just say, if they had replaced uh, Alabama and they were playing Michigan in one of the semifinals? Alabama is a one-and-a-half-point underdog to Michigan. If Florida State's a 14-and-a-half-point underdog to Georgia, in their current state, what would they have been to Michigan? And my point is you don't want a playoff game where a spread is almost 20 points or two touchdowns. You don't want that in one of your playoff games. Your playoff spreads, what are they this year? You got uh, Alabama's getting a point and a half, and Texas is favored by four over Washington. Even that, well, you know, four is okay, but you certainly don't want a two-touchdown spread, which kind of – especially considering – these were hand-picked teams. You know, these weren't automatic qualifiers from a weaker conference that got in and thus you have the big spread. These were hand-picked teams that are supposed to be the four best teams in the country. So you see where I'm going with this? If Florida State had been one of the four, they would have been a two-touchdown and more underdog to whomever they were paired against. Which the national championship last year was that. It was Georgia minus 13.5 against TCU last year. Yeah, but see, nobody. We all saw how that went. It was it was even worse. Yeah, but easy what, money. What was TCU? Uh, TCU played Michigan. Who did TCU play in the semis? TCU played. Who did they play? I believe that was Michigan. Was it Michigan? Hey, look nope. that up and and see if you can find what the spread was. You know, um, I mean, you know, Las Vegas doesn't lie. They have a good feel on the quality of teams. TCU beat Michigan 51-45 in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, that's right. And Georgia beat Ohio State 42-41. So it was actually two really, really good Yeah, the semifinals last, last year were great. But what was the spread? Uh, what was the, the prediction? What was the odds going For in? For which game? The TCU game. TCU-Michigan. Who was favored and by how much? That's the question. If you can find that real quick. Uh Looks like that was Michigan minus seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's getting a little bit of a stretch right there. I you, I don't think you want big spreads in your 
in your semifinals. I mean, that should be they should be tight spreads. The team should be relatively equal if you're picking the four best teams. I'm trying to remember what the biggest spread was, and I don't know this offhand, but I I seem to have a inkling it might have been that uh, that first round match between was it Bama and. It was Washington. Washington was involved. Yeah, Alabama over Washington. The 2017 Peach Bowl, where Alabama won 24 to seven, but it really didn't feel that close. To be to be fair, um, that game, or maybe the semifinal the year before that, where Alabama just absolutely obliterated Michigan State. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of good semifinal games. Last no, year was. No, uh, let's hope it wasn't a one-off. Let's hope it continues. Uh, UCF is leading Georgia Tech 14 to nothing. And they're still in the first quarter. And so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Syracuse and Georgia Tech, the first two ACC teams to play in a bowl game thus far. So far, through almost four, five quarters, the ACC hasn't scored. Mm. Syracuse was shut out by USF yesterday. Bad, ugly, bad. UCF up on Georgia Tech, 14 nothing. But again, you know, King is playing. The quarterback is playing. I don't know how many – opt-outs Georgia Tech had, transfers that really hurt them. These, a lot of these teams playing in these bowl games are just a shell of what they were by the time they were finishing up their regular season. Okay. Um, here we go, by the way. In case you have any other games, I just found a great site here. It has every – going back to the beginning of the college football playoff, it has what the line was for every single game, semifinals and championship. And, uh, yeah, last year Michigan TCU 7.5 was the bigger of the two – the Cotton Bowl, Alabama-Cincinnati, wow. So that was Alabama minus 13, so that was pretty big, and Alabama ended up winning by 21. Oh, my gosh. The year before that, the Rose Bowl, Alabama was favored by 19 against Notre Dame. Hmm. I don't remember that. That is that is one heck of a spread there. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's big. A couple years before that, Oklahoma-Alabama's 2018-2019. Alabama was favored by 14 and a half. And let's see, a lot of these are Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alabama-Washington, yeah, that game I was thinking of, that was 13-and-a-half. And, and uh, yes, yeah, so it looks like the biggest spread that we've had thus far in the college football playoff was that, what did I say, Alabama minus 19 against Notre Dame, which is surprising. What and year was that? That was the 2020-2021 season. Okay. So that was when Clemson was lost COVID. to Ohio State. Was that the COVID year? That was 20? the COVID year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right, let me go to basketball. Uh, South Carolina with a 10-4 start in the second half now leads Elon 40 to a 24. And the Gamecocks have a couple threes in the second half, still only shooting 36% uh, in the half. But they've opened up a 40-24 lead. And Clemson is up 30, 79-49 uh, in the second half of their game. And let's see what else we've got here. Winthrop up early on Florida State, 6-4. to four. However, Florida State's lawyers will argue that uh, Florida State is really – they should be winning that game. If so, Florida State was in the playoff, would this be happening? Bad joke. Um, uh, would it be ha- – yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't th- – because they've been working on this – you just don't work on this thing two weeks after you're snubbed from the playoff. They've been working on this just like – just like the ACC had been working on their countersuit because that went in yesterday. So they've been working on this thing for a while. They both knew it was coming. So uh, I don't think the, the fact they didn't make the playoffs had anything to do with it personally. Uh, all right, let, let, me, uh, let me hit up on a few other things of the day. 
And then we'll take the break, come back with recruiting. But a few things I want to get into here uh, before we get too far down the road. And the uh, to this Florida State ACC thing now, just a few notes here from various writers. Brett McMurphy, uh, Florida State filed a 38-page complaint versus the ACC Friday, accusing the ACC of restraint of trade, breach of contract, and challenges the legality of its withdrawal penalties, which uh, adds up to over $500 million. Allison Posey, uh, the ACC filed a lawsuit against the Board of Trustees that was filed in Mecklenburg County yesterday. And on page four, she writes, the ACC claims that, quote, Florida State matters regarding the ACC are subject to the jurisdiction of the state of North Carolina. So, obviously, they want anything legally heard in the state of North Carolina. Ross Dellinger, Florida State, filed its suit in Leon County Circuit Court against the ACC, accusing the league of restraint of trade, breach of contract, and failure to perform. It also challenges the legality of its withdrawal penalties. Nicole Auerbach, the F, the Florida State, uh, per Florida State, ESPN, yeah, this is what I mentioned earlier, Per Florida State, ESPN is not guaranteed to pay ACC members revenue past 27, but the ACC schools are locked into a grant of rights that runs through 36. So I don't know how the ACC did that, because that would be considered stupid. So I don't understand how they did that. Uh, Ben Portnoy, things I didn't expect in Florida State's lawsuit, South Carolina leaving the league back in 71, for financial reasons and ultimately joining the SEC as part of the argument. I don't think that is correct. Now, maybe finances had something to do with it, but South Carolina, to my memory, you can look it up, look at the state newspaper archives, Greenville News archives, Post and Courier archives, they left the ACC over a feud about um, academics and what the ACC required versus what the NCAA was requiring to be eligible. The ACC had a higher standard than what the NCAA required, and it was soon after South Carolina lost that the ACC lowered their standard. I mean, that was the big thing that Frank McGuire was upset about and pushing for, and I guess there were other things. Certainly, financially, I don't know what they were making from the ACC, but to become an independent could not have been a good move financially. Um statement from the ACC commissioner who said Florida State's decision to file action against the conference is in direct conflict with their long-standing obligation and is a cl- clear violation of their legal commitments to the other members of the conference. All ACC members, including Florida State, willingly and knowingly re-signed the current grant of rights in 2016 which is wholly enforceable and binding through 2036. Each university has benefited from this agreement, receiving millions of dollars in revenue, and neither Florida State nor any other institution has ever challenged its legitimacy. So he went on to write, We are confident that the grant of rights, which has been honored by all other universities who signed similar agreements, will be affirmed by the courts, and the conference's legal counsel will vigorously enforce the agreement in the best interests of the ACC's current and increasing 
I'm sorry, incoming members, current and incoming members. That's a statement from uh, Dr. uh, Jim Phillips of the ACC. So that is something that you have to think about. Nobody put a gun to Florida State's head back in 16 and said, sign this thing, you know. Uh, if you wanted to venture out then and find a new home, you could have done it then if you were opposed to the to the um, granting of rights uh, document there. But they didn't. They signed it. And now, you know, they want out of it because of a variety of reasons, but primarily they don't foresee the financial growth within the ACC that they are seeing in rival leagues, and they think that's going to put them behind. Though, under their current situation in the ACC, they have had spectacular basketball success in recent years, and their football program is back. It's on the rebound, and it's probably not going to go away. Mike Norvell's an excellent coach. They have uh, a tremendous organization. They play the NIL game as well as anybody, and so they're probably not going to drop off anytime soon in the ACC. No, I'm with you, and I'm just trying to think. We feel like we've heard that same argument recently in other topics on this show where you knew what you were signing, deal with it. Have we not discussed similar things regarding NIL or regarding other such things or players maybe being able to transfer and things of that nature? Like nobody forced you to play college sports. Nobody forced you to sign on with the NCAA, deal with it. And now we're seeing other folks, whether it's NIL-related or players challenging the transfer portal rules or any number of things. And, again, also not an attorney, so I don't know the correct answer here. But things do change. I'm still – I think we've talked about this a lot. Chris has harped on this point a lot. What in the world were people thinking people by – and by people I mean the institutions in the ACC or other conferences signing that long of an agreement? Through 2036, I mean, that is a long, long, long time. But the other thing that's come to light here is that they have no guarantees from ESPN after 27. And the other thing here, too, is that if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at ESPN. Sure. Because, uh, and be mad with the ACC for allowing ESPN to be the engine that drives everything. I would think you should be mad at all these conferences and their commissioners for giving up. You give, you're not only, you're speaking of granting of rights, you're granting ESPN unchecked power over your league. And and that's dangerous. And I said it from way back when, years ago, that letting the television networks drive everything, setting your schedules, telling you when to play, et cetera, et cetera, it would eventually, eventually, be bad for college sports. And I'm not so sure we're not starting to see that here now. Yeah, they, they love the money, but the things you give up, your own personal autonomy, your own control on your program, in a lot of ways, you've given that up to the ESPN folks, maybe to a lesser degree the, the Fox Sports people, but mostly ESPN because ESPN has got such a hold on everything. I mean, they own bowl games. They hold, they own the playoffs. Um they, they they don't own the NCAA tournament, but they do own college basketball during the regular season. So sure. you've given them a lot of power. Uh, Professionally as well, A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles today came out publicly talking against Monday night football, and a lot of other players backed him up, agreed with the fact that it's just hard on their bodies. It's, it's a much quicker recovery between that and then the next game and similar arguments with Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. 
But you got to think, who, who runs Monday Night Football? ESPN. That's a cash cow. I mean, I love it. We both love getting home after the show on a Monday night to watch those games. Well, it used to be special. But what, sure. it, what the NFL is doing, and we'll see what happens, there's such a thing as oversaturation. Yeah. And they're trying to play games multiple different days of the week, making Sunday just like any other day. Sunday used to be so special. Now, Sunday, some days you only have like a handful of games on a Sunday because you've had a bunch of games played on Saturday. You've had them played on Thursday. You've had them played on Mondays. The other night we had a doubleheader on a Monday. So you wonder about the the oversaturation. Uh, Real quick, I want to give the final tally on the poll question of the week. Take the break and give you recruiting. So, And we're going to run a Final Four playoff next week from this voting. So Xavier Leggett, out of 1,612 votes on his page, got 58.7%. Spencer Rattler, 29%. Will Shipley, 10.7%. And Debo Williams, 1.6%. 630 votes on the uh, next question, and Jeremiah Trotter got 50.8%. Moffa got a uh, no. Grayson McCall got 24.7. Moffa 11.4. Sam Pinckney 13.7. On the last page, 253 votes. Tyler Huff got 73%. Dustin Noller 14.6, and Trey Stewart 12.3. So we'll go with Tyler Huff. We'll go with uh, Jeremiah Trotter. We'll go with Xavier Leggett. And we'll go with Spencer Rattler. Those four got the highest percentage of their respective votes. We'll have a runoff next week. Right now we run off to the break. We'll come back and give you a few uh, key, always important, recruiting notes. And that'll be coming up in just a moment. Clemson up 88-56 on Queens. And South Carolina now up on Elon. Now they're putting this one away the way they should. They're up 50-31. to Be back after the break. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. This year's Carolina and Clemson Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50,000, $75,000, or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second Chance odds depend on number of entries received. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, it's the fall in South Carolina. That means it's deer season. What do people need to know about? That's right, Phil. It is deer season. We always want to remind hunters to identify your target. Know the identifying features of the game you're hunting. Make sure that it's a deer before you take that shot. When walking to and from your stand in low light, use a flashlight so that no one will mistake you for a deer. For more information on hunting safety and more information on deer season, listen to our show on Wednesday nights on the Sports Talk Media Network. 
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Discover holiday magic with Founders Federal Credit Union. Now through December 31st, make your holiday shopping merry and bright with our special 7.99 APR rate on select holiday purchases made with your Founders Credit Card. You need to hurry, though. This rate will be gone as fast as the holidays. Visit foundersfcu.com slash cc to save big this holiday season. Call 1-800-845-1614 for details about credit costs and terms. All right, let's give you the recruiting report brought to you by Seawells. Reminder, Seawells is closed until 2024. So rest up and uh, try to lose some weight so you can go to Seawells and put it all back on beginning in 2024. Quickly recruiting former USC defensive tackle Xavier McLeod of Camden, a former Mr. Football in South Carolina, committed to Georgia this afternoon. I'm assuming he went ahead and signed the financial aid papers, so he's going to be a Bulldog now. He will not play against the Gamecocks, however, not this coming season. Uh, USC Clemson top 10 with offensive lineman Chauncey Gooden of Nashville. The others are Michigan, Oregon, Auburn, Colorado, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia. USC offered running back Bo Jackson, 6 feet 205, of Euclid, Ohio. In a related story, Auburn offered running back George Rogers. Of, <laughs> a little bit of a now. joke there. Uh, Bo Jackson named a first-team All-State running back. Missouri, Penn State, Notre Dame, Rutgers, Purdue, NC State, West Virginia, Louisville also offered. USC target offensive tackle Solomon Thomas of Jacksonville. Committed to Florida State. Offensive tackle Will Black, who had a USC offer, committed to Notre Dame. Safety DJ Pickett of Tampa, who has offers from Clemson and USC. Final five, Alabama, Miami, Georgia, Oregon, and Michigan. Citadel announced signees. Defensive lineman James Brockington of King Street. Defensive back Marquez Davenport of Calhoun County. Wide receiver Braylon Knoth of Mineola, Florida. Defensive back Nicholas Mirabella, Palm Harbor, Florida. Defensive lineman Brock Nobles of Lyons, Georgia. Defensive back Jean Luck Noisson of Shambly, Georgia. Offensive lineman Brady Pickett of Myrtle Beach. Tight end Cameron Sutton of Lexington. And those are the guys signed out of high school by the Citadel. Okay, after the break, it's time to talk about the great game of golf with George Bryan III, coming up here on Sports Talk. Four! Straight down the middle It went straight down the middle Then it started to hook just a wee wee bit that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went 
It is time to talk about the great game of golf here in the state of South Carolina. None better to talk about it than our good friend GB3, George Bryan the third. First of all, happy holidays to you and the family. Merry Christmas. Hope everything is, is going well for you on the uh, links and elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. And it is a very special time of the year. In fact, this afternoon, it was so beautiful out. Just about had it to myself. And most, you know, in the wintertime, for whatever reason, people just don't play a whole lot of golf. Mm. I don't get it. But yesterday, I had the privilege of being a guest of uh, one of my good friends at a very special place, Forest Lake, and and I was surprised. Now, don't get me wrong; it was there were plenty playing out there, but but uh, there was still space available. Mm. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> I'm like you, you know. I've said before, I really like playing this time of year because I like the feel and the sound of the leaves and the twigs and the nuts under my cleats when I'm in the woods looking for my ball. Um, that's just a great feeling to hear that crunchy sound as you're walking you know, through the trees into the woods trying to find your ball, and you hear that crunch, crunch, crunch. You don't get that in the spring and summer. You don't get that crunchy sound out in the woods. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of fun finding golf balls. We've got leaves and pine straw on the ground, and it's a little bit like Easter egg hunting. I, I, just, I love I love finding golf balls. Today I was out at Selena Golf Club and was just following, watching a couple of players, and I noticed one or two hit it in the in, over in the uh, woods. And at, even after they went by, I was finding golf balls, and I just enjoyed looking around for golf balls. Yeah. And then I went out. Then I had to go run back and get some clubs. Uh, to see how it would be to to play with those golf balls, and one thing led to another, and the clock got away from me, and it was two or three hours later. I, you know, I, I just about had the golf course there to myself again today. I I just don't understand it. Where where are the people? All right, let me <laughs> let me ask you this before we get into kind of serious stuff, but on the theme of the holiday season and Christmas and all that and gift giving, give me your top five golf gifts and i'm not include not and do not include two tickets to the masters or something like that or two tickets to the to the heritage or a, another tournament in the state i'm talking about your top five golf related gifts whether it's some type of attire or something uh in your bag what was your top what would your top five gifts be now I gotta tell you, I, this is, I've been around for a while. This ain't my first rodeo and the first time I've addressed that question. Mm-hmm. And number one, it sits at the top is golf balls. Now you cannot go wrong. Anybody out there listening, uh, there's no way to go wrong with golf balls. So, and I've always, I'm still, I'm terrible. I just love getting golf balls still to this day. And I've been through periods where. Uh, not all. Uh, well, anyway, golf balls are plentiful, and just like I just mentioned, I love finding the golf balls. I found a brand new Titleist Five today. Thing probably hadn't been struck more than once or twice. <laughs> it was just fun to find. Mm-hmm. But golf balls, and usually, if you get the golf balls, let's say you're buying a gift for somebody else, you could almost, if you don't know much about the game, wherever you're buying. 
just just ask hey what are the what are the name brands and if you stay with a with one of the main name brands usually golf shops will trade the golf balls for whatever the player preference is now that's not that's not always but okay i i got i got to mention some names you can't go wrong with titleist mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with TaylorMade. can't go wrong with callaway can't go wrong with bridgestone there are other balls out there that are really good and and uh those are some of the main frame names and the uh golf balls that sits at top also what what do you think what real quick uh, besides their branding and and you know having some of the top names in golf uh pushing them in advertisements from a performance standpoint, what makes the Titleist ball number one in golf? Is it, is it just their legacy, or is there really something about the way the ball feels to a professional golfer? Well, in this day and age now, this is what I have found. <clears throat> the, the different brands, all the golf balls have gotten very firm, very hard. But Titleist, for some time, I think they're one of the first ones to jump out uh, do the most research. Their balls seem to be uh, preferred slightly more by the best in the world, and it's proven. I think they keep up with the stats, and the you know there's there could be a little something special, but I don't mind telling you this: that most of us out there, there's no way you can tell a difference hmm. unless you've got club speed over. If you've got club speed with a driver over 110, 119, 110, you can you you can begin to tell because the balls will compress. But if you've got club speed where mine hangs out, hate hate to say it where yours hangs up, hangs out, uh-huh. Phil. You you it's hard to tell. All the golf balls are so hard. It'd be, you know, most the top top lines very difficult to tell. Uh-huh. The dimple patterns. Mm, they they do for some make a difference. Here's the thing about the dimples: if you don't make a good strike, you don't put the right spin on it. Therefore, you don't get much flight. So you got to put spin on it to get that ball to go ahead and soar through the air to rise up. And but on balance, Tiger's been around for a long time, and the re- the R and D they got some stuff figured out that some of the other countries companies don't maybe maybe they all have it now i'm not current i am in the 2024 it's it's at the top of my list to be better acquainted with technology because i got a little bit off i'd say the width of it and the depth it's it's time for me to re-educate and i'll have more i'll know more give me a quarter Mm. three four months and couple of trade shows and i'll definitely be better but titleist has been number one for quite a while and some of the other ball hey not that the other phil you and i couldn't tell the difference in the titleist and the callaway comp that you know out of the pack most of the most of the uh we we couldn't we just couldn't tell the difference on a bet we couldn't tell the difference <laughs> i agree hey hey the uh now the the, the cool thing is Almost all the golf balls out are really, really good. And this is a buyer's tip for those that just like to save a little money. 
just get the cheapest brand balls you can find. You can't hardly go wrong. And I'm telling you, most of those can't tell the difference in that one and the ones that are most expensive, the ones that are $60, $60, $5 a ball is just too much, but they're out there at $60 a dozen. You go, go get the ones for 20. You can't tell the difference. Yeah, but I'm sorry. 12, I'm, you can't tell the I'm difference. sorry. I'm a ball snob. I mean, I don't want to play Kirkland. You use the Titleist. I don't want to play Kirkland. I love playing Titleist if I find one. Uh, or I don't. I love playing Callaway. I love playing Bridgestone, but I don't want to play uh, Kirkland, or I don't want to play. Uh, throw another name out there uh, at me. I, those are the ones I like to play with. Not that it makes any difference, but I'm kind of a Dunlop. Nope. Dunlop, that's you a tire. The that's too much of a tire. Top flight, top flight. Nope. How about top flight? Nope. You can get those at Kmart. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a ball snob. <laughs> I'm a ball snob. I want to play. I like to play the brand labels. You know. Um, so yeah, the ones that don't carry the big brands, they stay in my. Those are my water balls, or they you know they stay in the bag. Hey, here's some other. Uh, here, here's some other. So ball marks, those are really cool. Head covers, mm. uh, golf towels, putter covers. Uh, you know, especially if you can do a little, little research and and uh, kind of find out caps. I like, I love uh, getting cool caps. And you know, when you get into some of the uh, the cool wardrobe, the the hoodies, uh, if you know. Uh, sizes. I, hey, I'll tell you right now, golf bags, always cool to get. I'll, also, I'm going to move a little bit to the side. Gift certificates, if you go and you're just not sure, you just, when you check in the golf shop, wherever you might be going, and if uh, if it's uh, the retail, the big, some of the big box stores, Dick's uh, Academy Golf, when you check any of these stores, Coosa Golf here locally, any of the any of the box stores check what the conditions are with those certificates you know make sure that uh there's not an expiration date make sure they're not limitations and uh that that's what i'd say if you go buy a gift certificate gift certificate gift certificates i love to get them because now it's like a shopping spree so those are good those are good ideas as far as golf clubs now you're getting a little bit taking a chance if mm-hmm. you don't know exactly the size like the dimensions of the player what kind of what kind of golf shafts the weight of the golf shaft the specific types you could get a little risky when you get into buying golf clubs hey other I, I always one thing that I got last year I got a pair of shoes now. Let's see. I can't say. Yeah, I did not have to take these back. But uh, if you go buy a pair of shoes for somebody, just be sure that they can exchange on size. And I tell you what, that pair of shoes, I, they're my favorites. And you know, yeah, there's all kind of uh, still golf balls. Number one, that's number one on the list. I how, love getting uh, ball marks too. How about this? Though? Now this can be a little pricey. How about, like, I don't know what the technical name for it is. I call it a distance finder. 
But what about one of those things, you know, that helps you determine your distance from the flag, one of those little well, I was, telescope I was, things? Well, I was heading down that Heading down the road, uh, they call them range finders. Range finders, thank you. Mm-hmm. Those are those are cool too, and uh, they are quite pricey. And hey, uh, this is this is one that I I tell you what the golf trips gift certificates for rounds of golf and or golf trips, holiday packages. Uh, I love getting. I used to love getting the gift certificates for rounds of golf. Especially if they're slightly out of town, where you got to take a trip, maybe spend the night. Uh, that was pretty special. I think the uh, a lot of the we got great resorts nearby. We got them not just on the coast, but we got some in the mountains. So go online, check it out. Uh, we we have the best coastal golf anywhere in the whole world. People come from all over, and you can get. Let's see, over at, you were just in Myrtle Beach? Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Go ahead and, from Tidewater, we, I was asked just the other day some of my favorite golf courses in Myrtle Beach, and I'll tell you right now, Tidewater, I think we talked about it, Tidewater up on the, what I'd call mid to north side, surf club up there. Also, hey, I like Grand Harbor, and then down on the bottom part, uh, the reserves. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I like Litchfield, the Reserve, Heritage, uh, Caledonia, True Blue, uh, right there in the center. Uh, Legacy. Hey, I'm I'm a uh, Myrtle Beach National. I got uh, I like. How about the Dunes Club? The Dunes Club is completely awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's right do up you, near the Surf Club. Do you know much about what they've got going on? towards uh preparation for their pga tour event this season i picked up bits and pieces i think it's going to be pretty daggum special and i i've tried to tried to find out as much as possible don't have much i talked to an individual who was on one of the committees Mm -hmm. and did get a little contact info uh we'll be talking more about it but i think that will be awfully special i don't think it's uh, one of the protected, what do they call the, uh, oh, it's leaving me, the elevated event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it'll be more of an open field. And i got to tell you, we had Tommy Ganey on a couple weeks ago, and and I just still think there are going to be some changes going on. But before we leave the, uh, the topic of the gifts, that's always, I, I got to tell you, I'm going back to it. I don't know six times I've already said it. I still love getting golf balls, <laughs> even though I got plenty. My wife would say, "Please don't get my, don't get him any more golf balls." She's already said that to me today. You uh-huh. don't need any more golf balls. Yeah. So, now what? Do, uh, speaking just, now that we're back on the on the subject, what what ball does um, GB four like to play, and uh, what what ball does? Um, um, Oh, you know, your other son. Gosh, drawing a blank. <laughs> Golly. George or Wesley? Wesley, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. What what balls do oh, they prefer? That. Do they do they play the same brand or they prefer different different types of balls? No, the G uh, four plays the Callaway and he's it's the striped, I forget the uh I'm drawing a blank on the on his brand size, but it's 
or name. It's it's got this what I call the putting stripes on it. Uh-huh. And then Wesley, he was with Callaway. They, I think the contract expired <laughs> or they dropped him. Oh. And he he went with a Titleist. He's playing Titleist. Okay. So they they both grew up digging in my golf bag and always I my favorite golf ball of all time, I gotta tell you, I was I love the strata. The old top flight strata. Now mm-hmm. they don't make those anymore, but uh in its day that was my favorite ball to play. Mm-hmm. And the uh Wilson, don't forget but, the Wilson ball. The Wil the oh the Wilson, oh yeah, the uh now I tell you what, my very first set of clubs was the F the Titleist FG seventeen, the first set that I got from a gift and the little old butter knife blades. Hmm. But yeah, you're right, Wilson ball. Good there if uh the golf ball is uh at the PGA tour level, there are only say four or five brands that they're using out there right now right now. Taylor made you are Taylor made Bridgestone, Callaway, uh the Titleist. And I'm leaving one out, but uh, yeah, that, all those balls at that level, too. And I'm just telling you, this is a fact. The tour players are not playing the same ball that we're playing out here. Yeah. Sorry, I said it. Can't yeah. keep going on it. Yeah. But they don't use the same exact ball. Yeah, yeah. The primary difference being what if you if you were to cut their ball open and take one out of my bag or your bag and cut it open, what would what would the professional eye see as a difference? Well, they got quality control. That's number one. The uh, the balls that the tour players will play, they go through a a whole lot more culling, and they're not getting balls with uh, deformities of any kind in them. That's number one. And oh. and I've always, uh, well, when they come in different boxes, <laughs> they you go into lockers. And most of the tour balls are coming in different boxes. And the ones, uh, some of them are even wrapped, like vacuum wrapped. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they peel those balls out. And I don't think that's happening that much anymore. But uh, there is a difference. And most of it, it has to do more with the quality control. Uh, they go through, make sure, full inspection on every ball. So George, yeah, it's kind of like the iron. My favorite brand, I'd love to get your thoughts on or your review. I feel like usually what I tend to pull out of my bag, uh, they usually got stripes down the side. I think the brand's called Range, Range Ball. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's con- hey, are those good? Sometimes they got a chunk taken out of them. Are those you know? good to use in a regular round? I've often wondered about that. They're what bright yellow, easy to ball? find. Yeah. <laughs> range. Hey, you, know, you know the real – hey, this is uh, – the truth of it is the Range Balls are, are golf balls that don't undergo – all the different levels of quality control. They make them in mass, and they just don't put them through the uh, the different levels and roundness, the way the dimple patterns are set up. So, you know, a lot of times, especially uh, if you're going with – and you mentioned Wilson. Wilson's got great range balls. And then uh, the, the range balls just have stripes on them. <laughs> and otherwise, they are a quality golf ball. They're easy to but, find. So you can't use them. You're not allowed to use them on the golf course. That's a serious no-no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying it all tongue-in-cheek, but on a more serious matter, 
I was, you were talking about a lot of different great great gift ideas for the for the golfer out there of all different skill level, ranging from kids all the way up to to a seasoned vet. But two things that I can't help but notice you didn't mention. Got to figure you want to at least plug a little bit. Tsunami bar seems like a great Christmas gift for somebody, and then maybe even a a round or a lesson out of the Selena Golf Club. Are you yeah, well, are you spending George's money here? Is that what you're doing? Are you uh, offering up things that well, you I don't thought, have to pay for? Well, I thought you especially, Corn, as a I believe you still have the low round, the record right now at at, at Selena. Has no, that been Selena, broken yet? No, 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 at the. Um, at the pitch the and scramble. Oh, my, scramble. my apologies. Yeah. At the scramble. Okay, the so scramble. The, 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 the scramble. They won't, the scramble. Let, they won't let me anywhere near Selena. I got it. My apologies. Then I, I was I was thinking of uh of the scramble. Hey, <laughs> I, I got to tell you the uh, the the le- golf lessons and gift packages for de- for golf development. Those are great ideas. And uh, yeah, putting a plug in for all the golf teachers out there. I I, I the first golf gift present i gave myself and this is a true story i was so frustrated my freshman i started late so frustrated i was 18 could not figure it out i was on the driving range with my girlfriend who's now my wife one day (laughs) she was laughing at me and i was shanking all the range balls into the woods (laughs) she's laughing at me and uh from I, i didn't think it was so funny and and she's just having a hoot because all my balls are going 90 degrees right into the woods at Weed Hill Driving Range. And the old pro at the time came walking out, and he goes, listen, I'm going to give you a lesson. And the first thing I'm going to – I said, well – and I'm not going to charge you for it. And I said, well, well, I'm a little suspicious. You know, I'm a freshman in college. I know it all, you know. And I uh, said, yeah, so why, why would you want to help me out for free? He goes – you're hitting all my bleep bleep range balls in the bleep 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 woods, and guess who the bleep 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 has to pick the and bleep 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 up? He goes, so you gonna listen to me or are you done? <laughs> and that, his That's name great. was Dick Avers. I love the man. He was my first ever golf mentor, and and uh, I'm telling you, he cured my shanks right away. And so I left there and. I, I saved up eight weeks of paychecks. For me, I didn't work, but in this one job, I worked one day a week at the Shell Station, hmm. pumping gas on Elmwood and Bush River Road. And the I saved up eight checks, and I gave I gave Mr. Averett those eight checks for my first ten lesson package. He gave me ten lessons for the price of eight, and each check was <laughs> it was twenty twenty two dollars a week. Is what I and uh, so and anyway, you felt, gave me a you felt rich like a king, didn't you? Oh man, I was uh, well, I took eight weeks of paycheck from the shell station in and I gave it to him. I signed the back of him, and the rest of that story is that man started giving me the golf lessons and and uh, he asked me if I wanted to come to work for him and trade out range balls. Uh, I was sick with the game, I was spending all my money up there with him. <laughs> So anyway, I traded out. I traded out golf lessons for work and hitting range balls uh, starting in 1979 at Weed Hill Driving Range. Now, Jimmy Cusa yep. later took it over from Dick Averett. But anyway, I did that. So I, I invested in myself to start with. He eventually gave me every check back 
and it uh, it would actually bring me to tears if I got into it. Well, we uh, don't want you to get teary-eyed here as we go into the Christmas weekend, so we're going to say let you uh, wrap things up as you head off into the holidays. Appreciate you, George. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And uh, until, hey, Merry Christmas, TM High, but shoot them low. Thank you, George. USC Clemson wrapped up their big basketball wins. Have a great holiday, everybody. See you Tuesday.